Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome. This is the Late Breaking Formula One podcast, recording straight after the Mexican Grand Prix, a Grand Prix in which Lewis Hamilton claimed victory. Sebastian Vettel second place and then Valtteri Bottas third. I'm joined by Samuel Sage. Sam, how did you find the race? Well, I thought everything was just peachy. Um, as a description of how Vettel described his strategy halfway through the race, I loved the race. I thought it was super intense. The start was absolutely crazy. Vettel with the ultimate squeeze on Hamilton. The craziness of what, what was Verstappen doing for half of that race? It was, regardless of how crazy it was, it was super, super fun to be a part of, to watch. I was on the edge of my seat for a lot of it. But I, you never knew until maybe two or three laps from the end who was winning that race. And that's what F1's all about. You just, you just can't predict what's going to happen. I loved it. Ben, what did you think? Yeah, I very much enjoyed the race. It was it was very much a race that I would kind of enjoy, a real strategic battle between the top guys. We, we've we seen plenty of enjoyable races this year, such as the likes of Germany. Um, and then you get other races such as here and, and Hungary as well, and other strategic races. It just proves that there isn't one formula to create a good race in Formula One. There are plenty of different ways in which a race can be entertaining. I would say that it was looking like it was going to be very, very good, and it didn't quite materialise at the end perhaps if Vettel had just a little bit more pace and he would have brought Bottas and Leclerc with him that could have resulted in a very interesting final few laps but ultimately yeah it was still an interesting one splitting the two stoppers and the one stop Um, yeah I was going to ask obviously Lewis Hamilton he managed to claim victory at a circuit in which Mercedes have struggled over the last few years were you surprised that Hamilton was able to take the race win and were you really impressed by him? Firstly, I was shocked that he could take the race. When, when he was on the grass going through turn two, um, next to Max Verstappen, and then having to fight the likes of Carlos Sainz and whatnot, um, and then picking up a little bit of floor damage, as he pointed to on the podium, I was genuinely shocked that he was able to stand on that top step. I think, for me, this is what a champion's drive looks like. Valtteri Bottas, who wasn't too far behind, had a fully repaired car and fresher tyres, was never able to get up behind another car to attack Hamilton. Hamilton ends the race a second and a half in front of Vettel, who has the pace of your car the whole weekend. This, for me, is what separates Hamilton from the rest. People always say, you know, Hamilton needs to do it from a, a lower Greek car. The, the, the Mercedes wasn't the best car this race, and he has still turned it around and still won the race. The strategic thinking of Mercedes, he's, I mean, he moaned like a bloody train the absolute half of that race, but he turned it around. He kept those tyres to a fantastic level, managed them the whole way, kept the gap going, and he deserves it. It was incredible to watch him do it. I'm gutted there wasn't a proper fight on the last lap, but still a champion's drive that I was surprised to see, but very grateful to see, because for me, it's another crowning reason why he does deserve to be one of the all-time greats in Formula 1. It was a fantastic drive from the soon-to-be six-time world champion. Yeah, in a season where he has had a lot of impressive performances, I think this was right up there. Um, perhaps 
up there with Hungary. Um, it was a really impressive performance from Lewis Hamilton. And Jensen Button touched on this when he was speaking after the race, that we're so often used to seeing Lewis Hamilton take race victories in a certain manner where he is super aggressive, such as Hungary, where he was given a target, Max Verstappen ahead of him, however many seconds up the road, and he just had to go hammer time and go as fast as he can lap after lap. This was a completely different race win, which was based on tyre management, based on car management, as we obviously found out he did have a little bit of damage. Um, and he did it to perfection. Those hard tyres did last much better than I thought they would. I think Mercedes overall was slightly better during the race than I thought they were going to be. But that shouldn't take anything away from Lewis Hamilton's performance today. Um, whereas we saw uh, Max Verstappen spinning out of uh, contention. Lewis Hamilton, he he was able to, to stick around. Obviously, that first corner incident or the first couple of corner incidents could well have spelled the end for him he recovered well from that um and yeah i think this is one of his better performances of the season so far um how much though do you think comes down to mercedes again proving very effective with their strategy We've seen time after time after time that what wins races is understanding the race. You can have a lot of raw pace, but if you don't have the team in the car behind you, it proves almost impossible to do so. And Mercedes are the experts when it comes to strategy. Ferrari and Red Bull have definitely upped their game and they're better. But Mercedes just seem to understand the tyre development, the fuel development, how tracks work, the following ability of the cars at the moment of the current aerodynamics on those cars. Mercedes are kings of strategy. And yeah, I don't think Hamilton might have had that opportune moment had he been driving for Ferrari at that given time. We saw Vettel with that wise old hang of his go let's not react straight away, let's keep our cool that's what cost them. If they jumped in that lap after then maybe they'd have been side by side going into turn one after Vettel's pit and he could have come out on top. The, the staying out for those extra few laps cost him he had to kind of scrap away with Bottas which I think damaged his tyres a little bit from having to defend and once again yeah, Hamilton with that raw pace, the brilliant strategy. I sent a text to you being halfway through the race saying Hamilton just can't manage his tyres. We saw Daniel Ricciardo go, what, 46, 47 laps on those hard tyres. There's me going, Hamilton can't do it after 15 laps. He's a five-time world champion. He can't manage his tyres. What a Muppet I look like, where he's pulling him out to the end and maintaining a gap to Sebastian Vettel in a faster car behind him. So, yeah, strategy plays a brilliant part, but you've still got to give credit to Hamilton's brilliance in persevering and to preserve that rubber on the back of his car, because... I don't know how many other drivers realistically could have done that under the same pressure. And this was such a surprising strategic race as well, because coming into the Grand Prix, many were expecting it to be a two-stop race uh, with the potential for a three-stop being competitive. And of course, as the race wore on, we could see that the three-stop definitely wasn't going to work. And actually, it was the one-stop that was probably better than the two-stop. Mercedes once again nailed their strategy because they were the only guys, or at least with Hamilton, it was the only driver out of the top five that didn't secure their strategy from the get-go. So you had Albon and Leclerc who came in very early on. From that point on, they were going for a two-stop strategy, not only because of going on to another set of medium tyres, but because of how early they came in. Um, and similarly with Vettel and Bottas, they left them out so long that it was only ever going to be a one-stop Hamilton was the only guy in that top five where after his pit stop, he still had both options open. He went, obviously, did go into the end with on, on a one-stop strategy. However, if it turned out that a two-stop strategy was more prominent, it would have been very easy for him to transition onto that and go on to medium tyres, say, for the last 20 laps or so. As it happened, they, they stuck with what strategy they thought was going to work best, which it did. 
Um, it was just a very surprising one, though. We saw it, though, with Leclerc. As he came into the pits, obviously much later, uh, sorry, uh, much earlier than everyone else, and I think this is what gave Mercedes the heads up on this, Leclerc was not eating into that gap that Bottas had in front of him very quickly at all. I think I, I calculated it in the race. It only made up about 1.7 seconds within about 12 or 13 laps, which is way less than what you, you would have expected it to, particularly as we've seen in previous years at Mexico, the tyre degradation can be really high, but they managed them very well. Of course, Verstappen nearly went the whole race on hard tyres. So, yeah, this was um, this was a strategic masterclass yet again from from Mercedes, but that isn't taking anything away from the faultless execution of Hamilton. I mean, because of this strategic play, which was super exciting, it made 90% of the race exhilarating to watch. There have been some outcries on social media from the commentary box as well during the race that several compounds of tyres should be thrown away, we shouldn't be dealing with it anymore, and to bring the 2021 regulations in as soon as possible, get those solidified so following, attacking, tyre wear isn't so much of a given. I mean, theoretically, Max shouldn't be able to go, what was it, 66 laps on one set of tyre? That is a little bit ridiculous. I mean, they were almost burnt to a crest at the end of that, but... This needs to change. We need to have that more unpredictability. We need to have, you know, some more two, three stop strategies more regularly available and capable of winning races or at least challenging for victories. And it's becoming too much of a given. I mean, Hamilton, once again, a fantastic job. Vettel also did a great job maintaining those medium ties in the first stint. And same with Bottas. But we need to have that excitement more often. We need to have that wheel-to-wheel racing. Even if there isn't an overtake ever made, we need to have the pressure, the ability, the idea for a driver to go, I'm going to pit early and go on to that three-stop because that tyre is going to work. And I think we need to see that change from Pirelli. It needs to happen because it's becoming a little bit too samey-samey where a race gets to that climax and just nothing happens. We could have had one of the best race finishes for a long time if Vettel got right at the back of Hamilton, Bottas was there and Leclerc also. That could have been so, so exciting. But... It wasn't meant to be, and maybe that's all down to tyres and aerodynamics. Yeah, and I'll, I'll briefly touch on that point as well. Um, and it's as you said, Sam, it's not all about the overtaking. It's not even really about the overtaking at all. It's about the potential of an overtake happening. There are entertaining races all around the world where there will be no overtakes made or very limited number of overtakes made. It's the thrilling a few temps in it, knowing that a mistake could cause um, an overtake that really makes a race such as the Perez-Ricardo fight. I thought that was the most entertaining fight of the whole race. And there was an overtake wasn't made. But it was so entertaining because Ricardo, fresher tyres, different compound, was always threatening Perez and couldn't quite get there. That's what those sort of entertaining tussles is what we love to see. Um, I was going to briefly touch on Charles Leclerc, actually. Of course, he got pole position, um, kind of. He obviously qualified second, was promoted to pole. Um, but it didn't quite work out for him, finished fourth place. The two-stop strategy didn't quite pay off for him. Do you think he had the pace to win that Grand Prix today, Sam? Well, clearly, I think Ferrari, from the start, uh, decided to split their strategy. I think they always intended one car to be a two-stop, one car to be a one-stop. What was odd was obviously because of the shenanigans that happened in the first lap, he had quite a good lead after the first lap. I think he was at least a second and a half in front of his teammate come the end of the first lap. 
I think our shoulder Leclerc at any track has got pace. I mean, he was the closest man to Max Verstappen qualifying, and he was well ahead of his teammate a couple of tenths in that qualifying time. So we know he's got the pace around there. I was really shocked that when he put on those second medium set of tyres, he was unable to get onto the back of Bottas and Vettel and Hamilton faster. I mean, you can see him closing in time after time, but then he throws it away right at the end of that lockup, and it immediately halted any progress. After Leclerc's recent success, I did expect a bit more pressure a bit earlier. I thought if anyone was making that two-stop work, it's Charles Leclerc. He's going to be in the fight in a different way. And it, it just never materialised. So, yeah, I was quite surprised that Charles Leclerc could never breach that top three podium place on an alternate strategy, but one that seemed almost equally as quick if you've got the right car to make it happen. And he was the man to make it happen. It just never, never did. Yeah, I was I was really surprised. I I remember messaging you, Sam, saying this this is a two stop, but this is going to work out. I think Albon and Leclerc have got this in the bag, and it, obviously it just did not materialize in that way at all. Um, but it turns out that the hard tire, it was basically just a horizontal line in terms of performance, and where Hamilton was doing personal bests after having done forty plus laps on that tire, that hard tire was just so durable. Um, that it was the one stop that prevailed. Um, on that topic, Alexander Albon, of course, finishing P5, he went for the two-stop strategy. It was kind of a non-factor after he went for that. Um, what did you think of his performance today? I think this performance 100% cements that he gets a Red Bull drive um, come come 2020. He, he is still not on the race pace of Max Verstappen. He has outscored Max Verstappen, though, in the lo- over the last few races since being in the Red Bull. I think they did a points tally that he is somewhere like eight to ten points ahead of Max Verstappen overall in terms of from the summer break onwards, uh, which is spectacular. Uh, we saw in Japan, as you said in our last podcast, that um, that, that qualifying lap that matched Max Verstappen's, that was the lap that gives him the spot. But Helmut Marco said that he was deciding this race. And I think this is a good enough performance. Yes, the car maybe wasn't quite there in the race base, but... He hung on. He fought well with the likes of Hamilton and Leclerc. He was never too far off the top four guys. He's, if he's not going to be the same pace as Max, he's done well enough to be a really solid number two driver at Red Bull for now until it develops further. I was really pleased with Albon. I think he did a great job. He was consistent. He kept everything clean. His racecraft at the start of the race to avoid all contact and to get himself up into P3 was really, really strong. I can't really say anything negative about him. Maybe just a little bit more raw pace, but... I was really happy with his performance. One of the best drivers on the track for me this weekend. Yeah, I think he was solid. Um, Unspectacular, you could argue, but solid enough. Um, And I think it goes back to that point of he's not quite on Verstappen's pace, but they don't need him to be. It's always what I kept saying with Pierre Gasly. He doesn't need to match Verstappen. He just needs to be playing the same sport as Verstappen. He needs to be within touching distance of him. You know, Valtteri Bottas is not on the pace of Lewis Hamilton on say 70% of race weekends and that's fine Mercedes don't need him to be Mercedes need him to be a supporting number two driver for them to win the Constructors Championship every year which he's doing Verstappen and Albon they might well try and force the same relationship on them I mean it's working for Mercedes so there's no reason why it can't work for them too Verstappen is their future there are still a few concerns over Verstappen a few of them were raised today Um, but he is their guy that's who they're going ahead with they just need a good supporter and Alexander Albon is ticking all the boxes at the moment. He's proving that he can be, he can get a solid points finishes. He does still need to up the ante a little bit at times, but he's definitely on the right track. Um, and you say you were impressed by Alexander Albon, Sam, but who was your driver of the day? 
Can we just give an honourable mention to Formula One's actual driver of the day, which went somehow to Max Verstappen? Um, a comical, comical poll that's becoming now, I think. I mean, any driver of the day that is not done by the verified source that is late breaking needs to go in the bin. Because how on earth can you determine that Max Verstappen is driver of the day? Um, I mean, that gives a slight spoiler as to who is not getting mine. But who, who are you going for, Sam? Yeah, we'll talk about more about Max Verstappen in a moment. Uh, my driver of the day is going to be the race winner, Lewis Hamilton. It was a, a champion's drive, as I stated earlier. He goes wheel to wheel with Sebastian Vettel, who squeezes him so close to being over the line, over the limit, that... Um, and keeps his foot in it. He carries on. He's on the grass doing 200 miles an hour, which is incredible stuff. He then goes wheel to Max Verstappen, comes out on top. No contact made there properly. Little bit of floor damage for him. He then carves his way through the field. And the strategy is just so fantastic. And now the tyre compound that he was on, able to keep it for 50 laps. You've got to give it to Lewis Hamilton. It was just so good. The other honourable mention is Daniel Ricciardo, but the mistake at the end with slipping off the track and not getting past Perez is what's decided it for me. So Lewis Hamilton, the number one, with a, an honourable mention to old Danny Rick. Um, yeah, undoubtedly Hamilton had a very good race, as did Daniel Ricciardo. I'd also throw Danny Kvyat into that mix as well, actually. He um, he was hampered by his strategy a lot. Those guys starting on the soft tyres were always at a disadvantage, but he managed to to claw his way back into the points, so I'll give him an honourable mention. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to interject. I can't give him an honourable mention when he punts Hulkenberg on the last corner of the race. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was just so brilliant, being able to see Hulkenberg completely destroyed past the race line and not having a clue why um, until the replays came on. Um, yes, you make a good point on Kvyat there. Um, but I'm going to give it to the hometown hero. I'm going to give it to Sergio Perez. He was, a, apart from Daniel Ricciardo, he was 20, over 20 seconds clear of Nico Hülkenberg. Um, and that's not even including that last corner incident. When they were on almost identical strategies, I think Hülkenberg came in the lap before Perez. But that, apart from that, they were on identical strategies. We've spoken about how well Hamilton managed his tyres. Absolutely agree. Perez did it for about five laps more. So he definitely deserves credit in that department as well. He kept all of the two stoppers at bay. I think he was something close to 30, 35 seconds clear of Lance Stroll, who was on the same strategy as him as well. Perez fully deserved his best of the rest tag today. Um, P7, well-earned six points. He is dragging Racing Point up the tally. They are now level with Tor Rosso, so that's still to play for. Maybe Renault ahead of them too. So I'm going to give Sergio Perez the nod on this one. Who is your worst driver of the day? Um Fair play on Perez. That is a fantastic shout. Worst driver of the day. It has to be Max Verstappen. How can it not be Max Verstappen? The man is mental at the moment. This weekend has been ridiculous in terms of behaviour. I have complimented Max Verstappen all season long. I've praised him for being a complete package, for maturing, for being brilliant in terms of his racecraft on and off the track. He turns up to a press conference after driving past Bottas flat out and goes, yes, I drove past him flat out. After we've had a horrific incident earlier in the season for an F2 driver, appalling behaviour for any any start, he then obviously drives straight past Kimi Räikkönen in Spa with a broken suspension. Could have hurt someone else badly. So uh, that's so bad in terms of health and safety alone. Then in the race, which is what we judge driving the day on, he is super aggressive off the start, which is 
too much. He didn't need to be that aggressive. He almost cost his race entirely, um, springing out both himself and Hamilton on the brink of that. Uh, and then a silly dive of Bottas costs him some contact, puncture, and then he has to drag himself up through the ranks where realistically he should have been fighting in that top three or four spot with Leclerc, Vettel and Hamilton. And it's just, and Bottas, of course. And it's just, it's not good enough from a man who is expected to win multiple world titles. We did not see Hamilton making these silly mistakes in his first few seasons in the, in the, uh, in the sport. We didn't see it happen to Vettel either. It's happening to Verstappen. He's got to get it out of his system. So for me, Max is just well the worst driver on the track, regardless of the results. His behaviour is appalling. Yeah, more on that in a little bit. Um, I'm actually, I'm also going to go with a guy who I have praised a lot this season. I'm going to go with Carlos Sainz. He just seemed to disappear in the race today. I'm not quite sure what was happening. I, I don't know whether it will be discovered that there was some sort of um damage to that mclaren or not because it was unusually slow um he obviously had a pretty good start was was fighting up with the mercedes for a brief time and then norris seemed to catch him up very quickly he comes into the pits he loses some more positions um and he ends up well out of the points this seemed like a race in which he definitely would have finished somewhere in the top 10 perhaps fighting with the likes of ricardo and perez and it just really didn't happen for him it, it's whether it's just a random blip, whether it was damage, that might come out at some point in the next day or two. But yeah, Carlos Sainz, a guy who have given driver of the day to many times this year, I'm going to give my worst to today. Well, there was a little story that came out about him on the hard tyre. The car just did not work with the hard compound tyre. And I was going to say, it's so odd that the hard tyre can go 60 odd laps of one team. And yet Carlos Sainz, I don't think, could take it more than 15 laps. He got off it, 15, yeah, right? yeah, got it so quickly got, and then came off of it so quickly. And he had to go the rest of the, 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 the race on medium tyres. And that's why he was never able to get past anyone. He had to take those mediums so long that he was nowhere. So I don't know if that's a McLaren call where the car can't work properly with the hard tyre. Um, don't know if Science is just struggling on that hard tyre, which is odd because Science is a brilliant driver, as we said. Given driver day many times. But it was difficult to see for McLaren this weekend. A poor pit stop cost Norris the race. And then maybe bag strategy call plus driver error cost Science any points. It was really disappointing for the uh, the Papaya car. Now, let's talk a bit more about Max Verstappen. He did not have the weekend we were anticipating. Of course, we, in the build-up to this race, in the preview to this race, looking at him as a potential race winner, um, of course, he clawed his way back to sixth after being last after five laps or so. Um, and, of course, he, he lost pole position this weekend too. So, very eventful weekend for Max Verstappen and not entirely successful. Sam, what did you make of him? So... Obviously, Max Verstappen, in a, almost a blatant form of arrogance, uh, decides to tell the world that he did not lift off going past Bottas, who was in the wall after a really bad accident and trying to get out of the car. Um, now, there's a lot of people that are praising Max for, hey, isn't he being honest? Isn't he just saying what he did? To me, he shouldn't need to be honest in the first place. You need to lift off when you see yellow flags. For the se Sebastian Vettel gets out of that car and a, an interviewer asked him, you were going to be faster than uh, Max Verstappen on your lap if you didn't lift off. First thing Vettel says is, not relevant, doesn't matter. Bottas's safety is the first thing that anyone thinks about. I lift off because of Bottas's safety. And that's how every driver should be. Hat off once again to Sebastian Vettel being one of the sweetest men in the world. But not good enough for Max Verstappen already. Terrible. So he goes into the race angry. Caused entirely by his own doing. He would have had pole as it was. Caused entirely by his own doing 
Max Verstappen goes into the race angry. He's too aggressive into the first few corners. He almost costs himself the race entirely and Lewis Hamilton's race because there was a bit of a tank slapper moment there, but Hamilton catches it. Verstappen continues to squeeze as much as possible and also kind of loses it, having to lift off a little bit. And just from there on, it gets it goes from bad to worse. He then does the dive bomb of Bottas. Bottas does as much as he can to get out of the way while still making the corner. A slight nick on the back tyre costs him a puncture. He loses a whole lap. He's lucky to get back to P6, I think. He should be having way more than eight points to his name. He should be fighting for top three. He should be on the podium this weekend. He had the pace. He's cost Red Bull time and time again. And this is another chance where he could have really shown his stuff off and he's failed to do so. And I think Max goes one or two ways here. He either comes back and he has another full season of being a mature young man and getting it together, or we see a spiral. And it happened at the start of last year's season where he took people off for about five races in a row. And I hope it doesn't happen again because someone needs to have a word in his ear or he needs to get a decent PR manager to slap him up in the head where he's being an absolute muppet like he was being this weekend because it's embarrassing from a man that's got this much experience now. Unfortunately for Max, it's not going to get any less scathing from here on out. Um, And let me just preface this by saying that for every one time we give a bad review of of Max Verstappen, we give about three good reviews. So so don't think that this is a... um, this is a completely directed towards Max hate uh, hate video or anything like that. You know, we we admire him. He is a great driver. But this weekend, he was an absolute idiot. And I don't use those words lightly. Start with qualifying, because this is one of the very few race weekends recently where we've gone into it saying Max has a good chance of victory here. We've generally gone into preview saying, hmm, is it going to be Merck? Is it going to be Ferrari? Max Verstappen might get in the mix, maybe into P3, P4. Who knows? This is the first race weekend for a long time we've been able to say, you know what, Red Bull have a really good chance here. Verstappen could take the race win. Qualifying proved that. He had the pace in qualifying. I mean, he had pole position on two different laps, let alone one. And then he doesn't slow for Valtteri Bottas, who has had not just a, a minor incident. It is a pretty major incident at that final corner. And as you rightly say, Sam, Vettel's response and Vettel's answer to the interview question was spot on. Doesn't matter if he was going to go quicker or not, because safety trumps anything else on circuit. It trumps winning. It trumps getting the fastest lap. It trumps overtaking a car. That is the paramount thing to aim for, as being as safe as possible. Max Verstappen saw the yellow flags, he admitted it, and he did not want to slow down. And when he was rightly questioned by an interviewer, you know, is this not a breach of safety? He said, are we on this safety thing again? Yeah, we're on this safety thing again. In your industry, people die, all right? People people are killed, people are seriously injured when safety is not met. So yeah, we are going to get on that. And he was rightly dismissed of his pole position. I'm really glad the FIA made that call. I was worried that they weren't going to. Um, When things like that happen, they need to make sure the drivers understand, you know, this is how it goes. In the race, it could have gone one or two ways. Verstappen could have seen the wrongs in what he did on Saturday, responded on Saturday with a measured drive, perhaps getting in the mix for for the race win, sorry. You know, everyone in that top four was competitive. He could well have been in that fight. Instead, he comes out like, uh, I, I don't even know what the expression to use here is, but he was way too aggressive on that first lap. He makes that move on Valtteri Bottas. Uh, David Croft made the comment that we've never seen anyone make a move into that corner. Probably a reason for that is because he couldn't slow down the car. And he was very, it, obviously, if he, 
he nearly got away with it and didn't. He had to go into the pits. And sure, his recovery back through the field was great, but he shouldn't have needed to do that. P6. If you'd have asked Verstappen at the beginning of this weekend, you're going to finish this race in P6. How do you feel? He would not have taken that. Not by a long shot. Um, this was from a safety perspective, from a driving perspective, from a maturity perspective, a terrible race weekend for Verstappen. I hope it for his sake that it's a blip rather than the start of a trend like you mentioned could happen, Sam. But yeah, this one's a write-off. Max Verstappen, not a good one. Yeah, I mean, you were right in your proverbial saying of he was a Red Bull in a Mexican China shop this weekend. And he smashed literally everything. There is no building standing after Max Verstappen tore through it this weekend. Hurricane Max. Um, a lot of people saying Maxico when he got pole. It's Maxino from me this weekend. And we have bashed on about safety far too much. It, we shouldn't be making videos about this time and time again. I don't want to make videos about safety because it's not an exciting topic. It's not fun to discuss. It's really quite scary that there is still that much dismay, that little care from some people racing at the pinnacle of motorsport for the safety of their colleagues, for the people that help the sport and for themselves. Because something could have happened to him if he slid out of that corner the wrong way. You never know what might have happened in his car as well. And that unnerves me a little bit. I don't want to make any more videos on safety, but if people like Max and Huge Jack, they are, we will have to carry on doing it because it is, as you said, Ben, the absolute paramount thing in any sport, let alone one where you go 220 miles an hour into a heavy braking zone where you experience 5G more than aeropilots going into space. You have to do more, and drivers like him aren't. For me, it almost brings up the question of should he get penalty points or something like that, because the behaviour isn't good enough, and he's shown it too many times in too short space. So I'd love to hear what those in the, in the comments want to say about um, about Max Verstappen's actions, because I, I'd love to know if we're maybe going over the top. Are we, are we overthinking it? But I'd love to know what you guys think. Um, I feel like we've been in the majority recently, but it's always interesting what you guys think, so please get down in the comments. Let us know about what's happened with Max Verstappen. But in my opinion, it's, someone's got to tell him to stop it. I mean, it, it was the deluded response and his... It was how he was able to to say that it was okay. He said that it was fine because we're F1 drivers, we know what we're doing kind of thing. Well, guess what? One of the drivers who knows what he's doing is in the wall. You know, unless he is saying that Bottas doesn't know what he's doing... There is nothing to say that Verstappen can't do exactly the same thing that Bottas does and go straight into his stationary car. It was just, it was a ridiculous weekend for Verstappen. Um, I, I've really got nothing else to say on the matter other than he was he was idiotic. Um, and yeah, like you say, we we welcome all the comments on this one, but I'm going to have to be pretty heavily persuaded to be to be change my opinion on this. I'm not going to lie. Um, moving on to something else, um, the FIA, of course, um, did say this weekend that they're going to try and push through that the Q2 rule, where where whatever tire you start on, uh, what sorry, whatever tire you qualify on in Q2, you start the race on if you are in the top ten. They're looking to abandon that rule. Sam, do you think that'll be a good move? I am quite torn on this. I know that you're someone who has never been too keen if they love the rule or not, but I'm a little bit torn because I like the fact that there, there is an element of strategy in their skill. And if a car isn't quite capable of making it into Q3 on that medium compound tyre, they have to weigh up their options. Do we go in on the soft tyre and get into Q3 and possibly get a seventh or sixth place if something happens? Or do we go on the medium tyre and maybe get Q, uh, P11, but we're in the best of the rest spot in terms of starting on the fresh tyre? I really enjoy that strategic option that teams have. The fact that 
Often we'll see maybe uh, a Ferrari on a soft and a Ferrari on a medium, and Mercedes on a soft and Mercedes on a medium. And we have to see these strategies change over. That makes for an interesting race. But at the same time, it's nice to see drivers all go guns blazing and maybe try something different. So I'm really undecided about this rule. Ben, I know that you've got slightly stronger opinions on this. What, what do you think should happen? To be honest, though, I'm, I'm fairly torn on this as well. I, I can see the benefits of both sides. Um, we saw today, Mexico's a really, really prime example of this, is where particularly in the bottom top bottom of the top 10, they, there can be real struggles with the guys who qualify into Q3 and have to start on a substandard tyre, such as the soft tyre. The soft tyre was a terrible tyre at Mexico, yet the likes of Sainz, Norris, Kvyat, Gasly, they all had to start on it. Um, and ultimately, I think it was only Kvyat of those drivers that ended up back in the points. Um, you know, they had to commit to a two-stop there and then. We found that guys who had qualified outside the top 10 were at an advantage, which is not what you want to see. Um, we saw, was it was it Russia last year, where the Racing Point guys didn't even bother taking part in Q2 because they wanted to qualify outside the top 10 rather than start in and around the ninth, 10th position. We've seen that the 11th place is really coveted. 11th place in a lot of races is a better race starting position than P10, P9, maybe even P8. It's only really when you get to P7 and P6 where it starts to become an advantage to be there. But of course, when you get to P6, the top three teams are going to take up those positions and they're so far ahead of everyone else that it doesn't really matter what tie they start on. It's only a squabble between themselves. Maybe the rule needs to be adapted so the top five have to start on the tyre they've qualified in Q2. I'm a bit of a spitballing session here, aren't Because I'm not really sure what we can do about it. Um, yeah, I have to say, I'm, I'm not, I won't be gutted if they get rid of it. I also won't be gutted if they keep it. I mean, again, I like the fact that there is a consequence to what you have to do and the fact that. There are options, you know, you have to make a decision early. Strategy comes into play. But I think I think for the top three teams, it's interesting. And I think you're right. For the teams that qualify best of the rest, the midfield, between usually 7th to 12th, 13th, it kind of is unfair on those guys that put the effort in and get themselves into 7th, 8th, 9th, because they've gone faster. They've done well to qualify four or five places in front of 12th, 13th place. And now they're almost at a negative. It almost doesn't make sense because they're going to lose out. And we saw that happen to both Torosas and both McLarens. Daniel Ricciardo was able to get through. Perez was able to get through. And then they were being challenged by the likes of Hulkenberg. He was right there till the end. He still could be out punting him off into the wall on the last corner, just despite this argument. But it seems odd that the cars who do better on a Saturday are then penalised on a Sunday. So I can totally understand the argument for both sides here. I kind of think I like the Q2 rule slightly more because of the excitement at the front of the, the grid. And at the end of the day, that's what decides championships and race wins. So I think I'm like 55% one side, 45% another. And if we have some great races with the other rule, then uh, my opinion will easily be swung. And again, in the comments, if you can persuade me, I'll be easy to persuade. So please let us know what you prefer and why. Um, but it'll be an interesting one to see what they do. Yeah, I'm just thinking how it would affect, because we haven't really seen for many, you know, obviously we haven't really seen how it would affect the top guys and what strategies they would do. Would they all go for the same thing? Or would they spice it up? Because it could be very interesting if the top 10 did have free tyre choice. You might have, taking the Mexican Grand Prix as an example, you might have Hamilton and Vettel and and Verstappen and Leclerc. Maybe they would all opt for the medium tyres, as they actually ended up starting on anyway. But maybe Albon would try the hard tyres. 
maybe he would in p5 decide i have you know i haven't really got much threat from behind i can go for this if i can outlast everyone else maybe a safety car can happen i don't know whether those strategic options would play into their minds and therefore create exciting races that way yeah, I think that's a fair point. Bringing the, the hard tyre doesn't get used enough, and it's clear that it is a raceable tyre on the way that the cars currently work. So it would make sense to almost give it a go, give it a crack every couple of races. For races that are very long, like Singapore, like uh, Mexico, it would be interesting to see what would happen if we were to put those into play more often. Um, I'm all up for anything, throwing results into the air. So if it can spice it up, then I am all for it and happy to go with it. Um, throw it at me. I'd like to see what happens. I mean, Mexican Grand Prix, one, one guy started on the hard tyre out of 20, and I think he would be fairly happy with the decision he made. So, yeah, maybe it would open up a few more strategic options. I'm not too sure. Um, I think that should do it for today, Sam, if you'd like to get us out of here. Well, if you have enjoyed the Mexican Grand Prix and you do have anything to say on the topics we've discussed, whether you want to talk about uh, Max Verstappen, whether you want to talk about the race in general, or talk about the tyre options, then please get down in the comments, start a conversation, and we'll join you down there after the videos. We love chatting with you, and we will be doing our best to reply to them. Uh, if you have enjoyed the video, then please hit the like button. It massively helps us out. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. We are getting so close to that magic 1,000 number, and we want it to be more exciting than the Formula 1 1,000th race. So if you could get involved, that would be so fantastic. But... Until that point, I've been Samuel Sage. And I've been Ben Hocking. And remember, keep breaking late.